Welcome to Sin City with Nick Menezes and Dane McLean. Live chat about everything cinema, from new releases, iconic films, and plenty more for you movie lovers. Live for CMRU.ca. And now, to the men behind the mic. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sin City. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Manessis. I'm uh, Emmanuel Akinola, returning, returning guest, and I'm, I'm, here, I'm here to talk to Snyder Cut. You made it just in time for your ninth appearance yet, Emmanuel. Well done. You broke the record. Thanks. Thanks. Glad to be here. Thanks. You're, since this is Sin City, you are practically our Citizen King, I'd say. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm happy to have been a, to have an appearance on this podcast. I'm happy to always talk movies with you guys. We're happy to have you here as well. Thank you, Manuel. And yes, so after so many weeks of speculation and advertising, we finally made it. We're finally going to review the long-awaited and anticipated the Snyder Cut or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Dane is unable to show up here for the show because he is working, but he has left some questions for uh, for me to ask on his behalf. So, first things first, what were your thoughts, Emmanuel, on the Snyder Cut? Uh, my first initial thoughts were um, it was a huge improvement over the 2017 version. Um, uh, right off the bat, it had a cohesive plot, a cohesive story. I liked how it was, even though it was four hours long, it was well-paced. Uh, each each scene and each plot point had a purpose. Uh, it progressed from one, from one plot point to the next. Some of the cinematography was pretty good, some of the shots, and I, I really enjoyed the aspect ratio. Mm-hmm. I think it's four by three aspect ratio. That's right, yeah. And I really enjoyed that because from what I got from the film, and it's four hours long, is that this is basically, Snyder's basically making an epic. So an epic in the sense of Lord of the Rings and Severin Samurai. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it made sense that, you know, by having that story and making that film, you gotta change the, you have to make the style of, of it more conducive to being an epic. So the, the way the look of the film looks like what it would be if you're watching it in IMAX or something like that. I agree, yeah. To, to add to add to the immersiveness of the story, so um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed Snyder's ambition in this film. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And the four to three aspect ratio, I read online that because it shows that HBO Max and that includes Snyder as well, they have a lot of respect for cinema. You know, given how when cinema being locked down as of with the pandemic, it gives it a more a more cinematic feel. It really adds to the whole home theater experience. And it kind of reminded me as the aspect ratio for recent films such as First Cow and The Lighthouse. Oh, definitely, definitely. Because those, whenever a film goes in that different aspect ratio, it's for, for a purpose, it's for a storytelling purpose. And I think for The Lighthouse, it was to add to the class of claustrophobia and the period feel of, of, that, of that time. And I think what Justice League, 
is to add to that mythic and, and epic feel of this larger than life story being presented on screen. Mm-hmm, definitely. And even, and I really, the color palette was really well done. And, and I'm really glad that Snyder not only got to actualize his vision, but it ac- actually embraced the style from his last DC films, you know, with the dark, almost noir film. Like when you watch the color palette in the theatrical version, they are completely different films. But I guess we already knew that. Yeah, and so Snyder, for better or for worse, Snyder has a very gritty, dark tone in some of a lot of his, in a lot of his work. But what's but what's pretty good about this film is that he knew he knew he had that, but he was already he was already planning to lighten it up for this film, and you can kind of see that in the film. Like, yeah, it's kind of dark, but it's a serious film. But there's there is some brightness to it. There is some levity. If there is some um, different dynamic than the usual. You know, serious dark tone in terms of the color palette and the scenes that the scenes that are made. There's definitely some hopeful. There's a hopeful atmosphere to the movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. That I think Snyder was Snyder was planning on getting to that point because he knew he knew, he already knew that a lot of his films can be gritty and dark. But I think Justice League was supposed to be like the culmination of 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 cope of hope of of embracing of that new different tone. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Now that you mentioned that, because Batman v Superman was, as you mentioned before, and I quote, a borderline nihilistic, but this one, it feels more like more like shining a light on things, especially with, you know, how Batman's faith in humanity was restored because of Superman's sacrifice. Definitely, and that, and that's what drives the story, is that you know, Batman. Batman has that hope, and so he's recruiting all these heroes to to fight um, to fight a villain, so that they can rise above the the stakes and the danger that's coming. So the film needed to have that that lightness, that hope to it. Um, I just feel that Whedon overdid it with mm-hmm. his version, that where he made it too bright and too colorful, where it didn't mesh with the previous films. Mm-hmm. Because Warner Brothers, they didn't like Snyder's direction at the time. But now I'm convinced that if Snyder had stayed on, it still would have been a good film. It would not have been perfect, but it would have been better than what we've got in, in 2017. Definitely, yeah. Like as Whedon has proven, there is just no kill like Overkill. But just I'm really glad that Snyder just finally, after all those years of dis- disappointment, and it was thought to be a fanboy pipe dream, and he finally finally got to achieve his vision like no interferers here no warner brothers no joss whedon their world will fall like all the others <laughs> cool step yeah yeah it's, it's it's good that and this is unheard of like the directors don't normally get a second chance to to make a new a new version of their film i think the only other time recently was um alfonso gomez rayon on uh the film, the the current war, mm. he had a different. He really he re-released a different version of that film, and it got and it got received better. But um, but yeah, normally that doesn't happen. Directors don't get a second chance to go back and redo their films. Would you now that you mention it to keep up with the the director's cut stuff and Lord of the Rings parallels? Would you compare you know the whole 
Snyder Cut with, say, like Lord of the Rings, the extended edition, like both are director's cuts, aren't they? So doesn't that count as, you know, a director redoing his work? Oh, that's true. But I meant in the sense of theatrical release, like normally the director's cuts are usually like home video ah. or DVD, um, DVD um, renditions. I mean, in the sense of, and I guess the Snyder Cut, it still, it still remains, it still remains to be seen if the Snyder Cut will be a theatrical release. But what I'm, what I'm getting at is that it's hard. It's, um, it's not usually commonplace for a director cut to have so much praise or have so much good feedback. Usually, director's cuts are are fine, but then like they don't really add much to the to the finished film because they're just extra scenes usually but in Snyder Cut in Snyder Cut's version in this case we have entire sequences and improved characterizations of the characters to where you know it's, it really improves on the theatrical version Definitely. but um and to your question about Lord of the Rings the uh the extended editions were never re-released or they weren't on the you know, streaming. They weren't on a streaming version, streaming service. They were just on home video or DVD. So I think in that case, the extended edition was just more of having more of what you already like. Whereas with the Snyder Cut, it's having what you what you lost, basically, from the theatrical version. Good analogy. Yeah, from really deep words too. Yeah, like. And then, yeah, like the theatrical cut, it really suffered because of the much shorter runtime because everything felt rushed. We, the motivations from the characters were not very clear. And also Warner Brothers mandated that because the Justice League, the theatrical one, is like chess piece storytelling you know like character goes here character goes there character says this pawn to king four there are no it's less of a story and more like you know just chess pieces moving forward yeah because like i said in our dc episode uh one of ceo at the time kevin sujara he mandated that the movie would be two hours so that's already taken out you, you can't you can't cover all the characters in two hours it's just I think two or three characters just haven't been introduced to the audience before. So you, you, you really lost a lot of the motivations, a lot of the backstory for the characters. But I feel like in the Snyder Cut, that's been, um, that's been improved on. And, and um, so yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Definitely, yeah. And in fact, now that we're at it, let's talk about the thing that really drives every movie forward the characters like how were they improved in the Snyder Cut let's start with what is considered to be the heart of the movie itself Cyborg uh, your thoughts oh I enjoyed Cyborg um, I felt it was complete fleshing out of his character He's, you got a sense of his backstory uh, and his motivations uh, which is and they were very very loyal to the source material on that like especially the new 52 version and some aspects of the original cyborg and the teen titans from like i believe the 60s or 70s or 80s one of those and like he's a guy that he was a star athlete and this terrible horrible tragedy happened to him and but his father 
experimented on him and gave him this new life. And so he has to grapple with being this person and being connected to technology. But yeah, it was just, it was really well done. Um, it was just amazing. The way he was written was really good. Uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a great role and performance. Definitely, yeah. And also, yeah, like in the theatrical version, Cyborg, he was just a flat character. He was just there. He was more of a plot device than an actual character. That really infuriated me so much. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I like the scenes in Justice League too, but uh, it's just so much better in this one. Like, it felt like the reshoots, especially the reshoots when they were discussing how to fight Steppenwolf, they didn't really, they were trying to get that teen dynamic, but it didn't really register for me until I saw the Snyder Cut. And it just, it's just, it's just a completely different film because in the, in the theatrical version, uh, Cyborg is just, he's integral to the plot, but he's not, uh, not his own character. He's just mainly there to progress the plot. Mm-hmm. And in this film, he's like a living, living, in the Snyder Cut, he's like a living, breathing character that happens to be integral to the plot. So, and the relationship between him and his father was just amazing. It was well done. That's Again, right. it was lo- it was very um, loyal to the source material. The, the dynamic and relationship is the same in the comic books. And um, from what I've read and researched and seen. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it just doesn't compare. Agreed, yeah. And also, like, the thing, like, he really, I mean, Snyder Cut really meant what he said when Cyborg is the heart of the film because if you think about it, every, like, he's the one that we see how much he is, like, struggling with himself, trying to find out what is his purpose or his role in this in this world with this, with this new body and these new powers and abilities or these gifts, as Diana calls them. It, it harkens back to the theme of finding yourself, like in Superman's arc in, back in Man of Steel, I'd say. And same with Wonder Woman, too. Yeah, that's the thing about superheroes. It's like um, in the movies and the comic books, it's always about what's your purpose, what's your journey. And that's why the origin story of these characters is so important, because it introduces you to the it introduces the character to the audience, but it also introduces you to you know the why, like why do they do what they do, or or why do they why do they continue to do what they do? And I felt like this film was the Snyder Cut was the origin story for Cyborg, because you're getting a sense of who he is as a character and where he's going to go in the future. And but yeah, the, the the serial comic books has always been about identity. I mean, you look at Superman; he's a he's an alien from Krypton. He's trying to find out his place in the world. Um, Wonder Woman; she's a she's an Amazon. She's a warrior from another land, another continent, and she's she navigates between being a peacemaker, an ambassador, and also a superhero and a warrior. And sometimes a secret agent. So, right. you know, it's grappling with all, all those things. And then Aquaman, he deals with being king of Atlantis and being a hero on Earth. 
so all the, all the DC characters and all superheroes in general, they all have these because they have dual identities. It's always a struggle about adjusting their life, their lives, and 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 uh, daily struggles and things like that. That's right. Like, and their and their journeys, like literal or figurative gods who just want to be like us, just human men. Really. Exactly. Exactly. And also, and one, also one one final note too. Um, I wanted to say, but is that bef even before I learned about the whole troubled production Justice League had, I I had a guess it was a troubled production because watching the theatrical cut, I noticed that several scenes in from the trailers didn't make it into the final cut. So yeah. Oh wow! No, I didn't notice that. Uh, what scenes? Uh, like the, I didn't think you were real line. The whole flashback of Cyborg playing football before his transformation. Oh yeah, that's right. You're right. Yeah, that that was all in the theatrical cut. Yeah, I mean that was all in the Snyder cut. But yeah, I was glad to see that. And also the scene where Bruce Wayne was looking at the image of Superman. Mm -hmm. That wasn't in the theatrical cut. That's right. Yeah. But it's in the it's in the Snyder cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they were discussing how to revive Superman. That's right, yeah. And, and also and also the part where Ste Steppenwolf said, uh, there's no Kryptonians, no lanterns here. Mm -hmm. This world is ours for the taking, or right. this world will fall like all the others. That's right, yeah. yeah. And not not even Darkseid was shown in the theatrical cut, aside from a just one line for Darkseid, but that's just about it. Yeah. But then in the Snyder Cut, you see Darkseid, you know, f flesh and blood. You see him there. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. First live action oh, yeah. portrayal ever. Yes. Like, and that reminds me too, like, one big improvement from the Snyder Cut over the theatrical one is the whole, you know, the flashback scene where the, the Atlanteans, the Amazons, and the humans fight, like, Darkseid. Like, in the theatrical, it was Steppenwolf. I think it was a smart decision to make it Darkseid because it's kind of laughable that what is considered this big, scary guy, he manages to, like, win against a, a thousand different people but loses to a bunch of just six people. It doesn't make any sense, but with Darkseid, the them barely surviving with Darkseid, it actually makes sense. Yeah, and it showed like it it, it was epic because Darkseid was so powerful, but they were still able to they were still able to fight him off. And of course, he's gonna come back. And I like how the film the film leaves it on the cliffhanger of of Darkseid coming back, potentially coming back. But yeah, Darkseid. Darkseid was always going to be integral to this film. Uh, even when, um, even before Snyder came on, um, Ben Affleck was attached to direct Justice League. And there's a one of the writers that is credited on this film, Will Will Beal. He wrote the original script for Justice League back in 2012, and it had Darkseid as the villain. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that Snyder and Chris Terrio, his writer that they use some of the same story ideas or story elements and put it in the, in the, in the Snyder Cut. So um, so I feel like Darkseid was always something that Warner Brothers and the filmmakers were trying to use in, in the Justice League film. 
it's just later on that they changed it it makes sense for them to add to yeah like like dark side he is probably a good example of what i call like a greater scope villain like yeah steppenwolf's the one doing all the dirty work but dark side is like the the one behind everything in the grand scheme of things even though he's not technically the one causing the conflict in the story yeah dark side has always been that um he's he's basically the thanos of the dc universe um dark side he's He's a big Justice League villain, and he's a big Superman villain too. So, in the in the, in the New Fifty Two, he's the first villain they fight in the comic books. That's right. Yeah, and 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 he's been a big villain since the seventies, when he was first created by Jack Kirby. Mm, that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, Darkseid has always been um, a great villain to for the Justice League. Yeah, and I think it fits for Steppenwolf or anyone else to be the starter villain for the League, not Darkseid, because it doesn't fit, because, you know, Darkseid is more like, he may be all, the, all big and strong, but he's clever, like a strategist. He prefers to send his minions out there to exhaust the heroes while he saves himself for last. Yeah, it makes sense to wait out. Like, Marvel did a good job. They... First they had Loki, then Ultron, then Thanos. So they they built up the Thanos, and it makes sense. You you kind of have to do the same thing with Darkseid. Like you can't use Darkseid in the first film. That's right. You have to build up to it mm. because that makes it that makes it a more satisfying experience because you're you're following these heroes, they're battling these villains, but then you're saving the big final test for them, and then when they reach that final test. It's much satisfying when you watch it, because Darkseid would have been saved for that. Agreed, yeah. Yeah, and like, and also kudos for Ray Porter, the guy who voices Darkseid. Like, he's like very, he's very deep, as you expect, but it's more like eldritch, more abomin like an abomination. It's like if an earthquake had a voice, like Darkseid is like in a way he's like the devil of the DC universe. The devil to Superman's God, I'd say. Yeah, he is. I mean there's a storyline called Final Crisis that I read back in two thousand eight where he was in, he had an insidious plan. Like he was him and the new gods, they took over people's bodies and they were trying into and Darkseid Darkseid's main thing is to get anti-life equation and mm -hmm. that's an equation or that's some type of force and in, in, um, in living beings consciousness that allows them to take over their minds or take over their bodies take over you know to control everything mm -hmm. and so well, the coin of uh, crisis where his plan was so threatening to the universe that uh, Superman had to fight him and you know, he was taunting him the entire time, but uh, Darkseid is very much like a devil character. He's completely evil. There's no redeeming qualities at all. Mm -hmm, yeah. He just wants to control everything. That's right. And he's so insidious and so clever, and he's such a strategist. That's what makes him a great villain, a hard villain to fight. Oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, personally, I find that's while well, they're both great villains in their own right I find like Darkseid to be like comparing Darkseid to Thanos because Thanos yeah he's almost like a saint in comparison like 
aside, aside barring the MCU aside, in the comics, he basically just wanted to impress the love of his life, uh, Lady Death. Darkseid is more just just power for the sake of having power. Yeah, and Darkseid, like I said, there's no redeeming qualities of Darkseid. Um, when Jack Kirby, I believe when Jack Kirby created him, he had the idea of what would he basically made him space Hitler. Mm. Like, what would what would Hitler be if he was this big, giant alien that wanted to control everything? That was initially like, because I think Kirby was trying to talk about totalitarianism, and um, so yeah, that's kind of where the genesis of the idea came from. And yeah, it's just dark side is just complete evil. It's nothing redeeming about him. He really succeeded in showing that as well, yeah. And back to the characters, like, another way they improved, like, the Flash, well, he was a pretty good improvement in the standard cut. Like, yeah, he's still the comic relief in the story, but he actually helps to contribute to the team. But in the, in the theatrical version, that's all he is, just comedic relief and most of his lines they just feel forced and out of place I I just hated that so much yeah they definitely improved in the Snyder Cut um, Flash Flash is always he, Flash is the comic relief well, like because Barry Allen and Wally West they can be comedic uh, Wally West is more comedic and more less serious though but we needed to have that um, that comedic element and even though I criticized, like, I just felt he was too stereotypical as a nerd, but I understand what they were, what they were trying to do, though. But, and, it made, and they made him younger, so Barry Allen is usually, like, maybe in his 30s or something like that in the comic books, but they made Barry Allen a little bit younger. It looks like they made him a little bit younger. He did, yeah. Because um, I guess they were trying to replicate Spider-Man or something from the MCU, but Ooh. but yeah, overall they 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 gave him a, a much of a better arc in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, they gave him a better arc. I love also how he's the one who practically saved the day to you know reverse use the speed force to go back in time and stop the unity from happening. Yeah, like like I told you, Nick, you gotta have if you're gonna introduce if you're gonna have Flash in the first Justice League film, you gotta have it to where you gotta foreshadow him using the Speed Force, like because each character has to have their moment to shine, right? Mm. And I feel like him using the Speed Force was amazing. Like that's an idea I had for my own script, my own story that I used in my own Justice League script. And uh, where he used, in that script, he used the Speed Force to destroy all the Omax. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Hey. Hello. Sorry, I had some computer problems, but I fixed it. No worries, man. No oh. worries. God, you can make it, John, to talk about the long-awaited Snyder Cut. So, before we proceed, what are your thoughts on the Snyder Cut, John, my man? Well, at first I had um had some pretty low expectations on it, just because of the the original um 2017 the mm. the Jaws cut. But 
I'm convinced, like, after watching the Snyder Cut, I'm now, like, I now have a new, a new, fa- a new, um, appreciation for the DCEU. Well, at least the, the Snyderverse, at least. Yes. So, definitely, definitely changed my mind. Glad to hear that, Matt. Glad to hear it. Me too. Yeah, and we, we were just talking about how the Snyder Cut improved the characters in the whole Justice League, basically. We were just starting with The Flash. Uh, your thoughts? Definitely agree. And especially with Cyborg, mm-hmm. um, the story's definitely fleshed out and the characters' motivations, I feel, were much better than um, the 2017 release. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, like I said, even even those who didn't quite like the Snyder Cut admit at least that it's a far better improvement over the other one. Definitely, yes, for sure. Of course, so given your background, it's time we talk about the friggin' Batman. Like how they, they I really love how they did my boy justice in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, let's start with you, Emmanuel. Oh, I enjoyed ben, ben Affleck's portrayal. I enjoyed Batman. Um, he had a much. He definitely had a plan this time. I know I criticized in the DC episode, in our DC episode, that he didn't have a plan or anything like that. But it definitely showed that he had a plan, and he was the most hopeful. Like he was the one that brought them together. Mm-hmm. He was basically the glue that held the that held the team together. Yeah. And yeah, and I really I really liked that element. Yeah, like he, like yeah, like we mentioned, like he was a joke. He was a joke in the theatrical uh-huh. version. Like, oh, like oh my god, like it's just out of place for him to, yeah. But the like here, he really, I re- he really, I really believed him as a leader. He was an effective leader. This was the Batman we all know and love. Yeah, this was. He he was he was much more of a strategist in this movie. And it showed, like, how he worked with Cyborg and how they had the meetings and how they were planning their attacks on Steppenwolf and and trying to get them other boxes and stuff. Yeah, it was just a better, more cohesive plot. And it was more, Batman was more of a integral part of that. Definitely, yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... And also, like, I really, I really also love those tiny moments. Like, this film is four hours long, but... Why is it long? Were you ever bored during the movie? No, I thought, I actually thought it felt more like two hours than four, to be honest. It, um, it was a really good pace, um, filled with action. That's why I kind of, that's why I thought it only felt like two hours, in my opinion. Yeah, same yeah, I have to agree. It just it was well paced. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't drag at all. Definitely, and I like how it was split into like the parts too. How they're like part one, part two. It was very like um, it made it really like epic the way they edited it like that. Agree. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, I agree too. And even like even those moments where there's no action i really appreciate the tiny moments where the league are having dialogue with each other or with their friends and loved ones and we really get to know more about them it's not all just action action but character development as well so yeah i think the four hour runtime was perfectly justified 
Yeah, because you needed that four that four hour runtime to flesh out all the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what you needed, and I think it worked. I think it worked. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy that Snyder was able to use all that time to to full effect. Definitely, yeah. And on the next lead member, who I feel they've been a massive improvement from the theatrical cut, Wonder Woman. Like we we were we already knew her from Patty Jenkinson's film, but they really mm-hmm. fleshed her out some more here. Like in the theatrical cut, I felt they just they underutilized her. They just made her just to give up exposition, but that's just about it. But Snyder cut, they really did her no pun intended justice. Mm-hmm, definitely, I agree with that. Yeah, me too. Um, she was, she had her own distinct um, personality, and she was, in the theatrical cut, she was against reviving Superman, but in the Snyder cut, she was on board. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see that that difference. Mm-hmm. And and I like how the way she was shot. Like there was there was no, we didn't, didn't we didn't see any like shots of Whedon showing her. You know, her back of her body and like yes. flat flash, just jumping on top of her. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was none of that in this, in this one. So that was good. Yeah, definitely. I, that really disgusted me. But good thing we're past that now. You know. Yeah. I think we can they say definitely use. Um, they definitely used her character much better in the Snyder cut, and especially the um, the the opening scene during uh, I think it was like during the bank that scene was like definitely like way better mm-hmm. really improved from the um, from the Joss cut oh yeah which was ugh, ugh. yeah yeah and I know a lot there are some like memes or uh, just tiny nitpicks about the the whole that music like you know the lamentation music whenever Wonder Woman's mm-hmm. about to do something but personally I didn't have an issue with that uh, did you guys what did you guys think? No, I, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, it might have been overused a little bit, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that because it's progression of Wonder Woman's theme. Like it's more of a, like you said, it's a lamentation. So it's mm-hmm. it's a very distinctive uh, theme. It's distinctive from her main theme. So I guess it's like um, they go hand in hand together, and it, it it suited it. Like I liked it. I liked it. Same here, yeah. And as for a character that I feel not many people keep talking about, I think would have to be Aquaman, because I feel like he they gave him a more nuanced motivation, like a reason to want to join the league, which is mm-hmm. with basically for for his mother. Definitely, yes. And they got rid of like they got rid of a lot of like the. In the comedic scenes like I remember in the Joss cut he like Ooh. sits on Wonder Woman's like rope and I was like what is this <laughs> I'm glad they got rid of that scene I think it was like where he started like telling the truth about Wonder Woman so yeah his his character motivations in this one were basically really better mm-hmm. and as you're saying Nick too it was kind of like for um his like um his family and stuff and that can kind of go um, related towards like Batman's motivations again mm-hmm. so it all kind of connects there's almost kind of like a theme of like um, I don't want to say fatherhood but like almost like kind of like do it for your family sort of thing 
Give this movie. Definitely, yeah. And and on your point about the humor, John, like love how they remove that. Like there are some moments of levity as well, but not too much. Like I know how it works for the Marvel movies, but just because yeah. it works for them doesn't mean it works for DC. Like when when there's something dark or serious going on, like the world's about to blow up, it's not the right time to be making jokes. I know, exactly. So it And I feel like with the um, Snyder cut, I feel like the only comedic like character should really be the Flash. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. Because you need the Flash is a comedic character. He can be comedic. Mm-hmm. And you need that. You need that comic relief to balance out the seriousness. Mm-hmm. Agree. And I felt like Ezra Miller did a good job with that. Definitely. Yeah, I got like, bonus points for that too. I love how the Snyder Cut really does it really keeps the style of Zack Snyder you know all dark but at the same time it downplays the darkness with a bit of hope because if the film is too dark I think the audience members might get bored mm-hmm. it'd just be hard to engage with the story because these films are always about the escapism mm-hmm. and if you make it too realistic it's like you know why did I come to the movies when you know mm-hmm. When uh, I'm trying to escape my real life and I'm coming here to see more real life, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Mm, great. That's, yeah, the escapism is part of it. Good point, yeah. And now we get to the main man of the league himself, Superman. First of all, love. Good thing now I see they've improved their mustache removal skills. And the other... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I hated that so much. Yeah, um, yeah sorry to interrupt, but... Uh, yeah, I just remember, like, because I'm, I'm sure you guys have, like, or you probably haven't, but I'm, I remember watching, like, the Joss, the Joss cut in 2017, and I remember, I think it was the very first scene was that scene with, like, Superman where he had, like, the, the Photoshop on his face that could, like, tell the radio, like, oh, no, this is not going to be a good movie. <laughs> I was like, I was like, uh-oh. So I'm glad when I saw the Snyder cut, that scene wasn't there anymore. I was like, okay, this is promising now. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was a terrible scene, man. Mm-hmm. The way he the way Cavill smiled too, it's just oh, oh god. <laughs> and like you could tell, like his his whole face was was warped, and like they had to take the mustache off. It just looked way off, man. Mm-hmm. A testament to this film's troubled production as well. Yeah, because I think yeah. I think he was um, Henry Cavill was filming I think Mission Impossible. That's right. During yeah. the, the reshoot, so he had like a he had like a beard mustache thing going on, but um, he wasn't allowed to shave it. So they're like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll just do this. But yeah. God, yeah, yeah it's so bad. <laughs> Even Deadpool of all people lampshaded this in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah. on, and. More on the positive side, like much like the theatrical one, Superman. He's yeah, he he doesn't show up until say the last third, but he really leaves quite an impact. Love the black suit as well. Yeah, man, I really like that homage to um, to Return of Superman in the comic books, where he came out in a black suit. Even though I I feel like they should not have killed him off this this early. Mm-hmm. But at least they, um, but at least they kept the essence of the character, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, they made his, his 
they made his him integral to the plot, and and that, and it gives them a reason for the Justice League to band together, to to go on their mission. So. That's right. Yeah. Right. And that's another thing. And you, now you mentioned it, I one big improvement, like in the in the Snyder Cut, it really felt like a team effort, but in the theatrical one, it felt more like Superman was doing oh, all the yeah. all the hard work, like. It really, the tagline says you can't save the world alone, but it really doesn't show in the theatrical cut, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't show at all. They didn't have a plan. It just, it just, everything was just all over the place. <laughs> just, yeah, they kind of just like, they kind of just like fought and like got together. I'm like, okay, Superman can take care of this. Mm-hmm. But I like how in this one it was like actually a team effort, like. Everyone had their own motivations and stuff, and like you're saying, like Superman is kind of like the reason to bring them together. And I remember the Flash would always be like, "Oh, I miss Superman and stuff." Mm, Those yeah. are some good like lines and stuff. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, like, and you can see even before Superman jumps into the scene, every single League member contributes something in the final battle. Like mm-hmm. how Batman <laughs> fights off against the Parademon, Cyborg tries to stop the unity and how Wonder Woman and Aquaman basically keep Steppenwolf at bay. It really, finally, yeah. like, whew. Like. That's a Justice League movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. Theatrical cut was more like, not Justice League, more like Superman and his friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, now let's get to the other characters. Like, one thing I really am proud of having the Snyder Cut was Steppenwolf. He really is a much better yeah. villain this time around. Definitely, yes. More, more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Character design is like way better too oh, this yeah. time. It's like, oh. Oh yeah, he looks really threatening. Like something I definitely want to run from. In the theatrical, mm-hmm. he looked more like a rejected Power Rangers villain. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, he did. And it just wasn't. It wasn't good. No, it was not. And really, like I love his like he really his backstory. They he wasn't just someone who conquered worlds and destroyed them just for the sake of being evil. But he just someone who wants to go back home to his family. Definitely, and it kind of makes um. I don't want to like say any like spoilers for whoever hears this, but it kind of like um. His like uh, Seven Wolf's like character motivations. By the time like you finish the film, you're gonna kind of like I don't know. There's almost like two sides of the story almost, because like mm-hmm. he kind of just wants to like go back home, and it's like. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. You're messing with the Justice League, though, so. Right, yeah. Well, and he... And, oh, yeah. Oh, you, you first. I think of the... Sorry, I was just going to say, in the original cut, I don't think they even defeated him, right? No. It was the Parademons who did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah I almost forgot about that. Mm, maybe, it's a, maybe it's for the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, like... And, and what I love also more about Steppenwolf is that they gave him more depth as well. In a way, he's like the hero of his own story, just like every villain is. Like, he doesn't want to rule the earth. He just wants to go back home, and that's it. Like, some, he yeah. reminds me of someone that, like, a disowned person who wants to prove himself to his family after being kicked out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... 
On, to those who don't know, a fun fact, but in the comics, Steppenwolf is actually uh, Darkseid's uncle as well. Okay. Yeah, he is. He is, and he's he's always in service to Darkseid. Okay. He's like, he's like, um, he's basically like, you know how Galactus has Silver Surfer? Mm-hmm. Darkseid has Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf goes out to these worlds, and he prepares them, or he oversees these worlds to be over to be conquered. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's basically the same dynamic. That's pretty. So, basically, uh, so Seven Wolf is like, let's say, the Darth Vader to Darkseid's Emperor? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that, right? Yeah. And, and also, um, I really, I really, and in a way, Steppenwolf, he did get his wish. He did come back to Apocalypse, just not in the way he was hoping for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was a great scene. Um, yeah. Yeah, when, when Wonder Woman, you know, killed him mm-hmm. and cut his head off, that was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And how it, how it landed in Darkseid's feet, and like, basically like this F you to him. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I really appreciate, I really respect the decision that Wonder Woman was the one that killed Steppenwolf. Like, it could have been any other member of the league, but I feel it had to be Wonder Woman because Steppenwolf he killed her sisters, mm-hmm. like the fe- her fellow Amazons. So I felt it was more appropriate for Diana to deliver the killing blow, the final blow to Steppenwolf. Good revenge, yeah. Yeah, she's the warrior, so it makes sense she would have that. It makes sense to her as a character that she would do that. And it wouldn't make sense for any other character to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And really shows, like, to really beware the nice ones. Because Diana, she is, you know, very kind, caring, optimistic, and just a total sweetheart. But if you cross her, she will rain hellfire down on you. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk more about that the uh, that scene right before Steppenwolf's big death, because the scene where Flash just you know goes back in time to save everyone, that scene was oh so visually stunning. The soundtrack mm-hmm. by Junkie XL really made it all the more powerful epic. and epic. Yeah. Yeah. Epic soundtrack. And like you're saying in the score, I think, yeah, because I don't really remember too much from the t- 2017, but like the theoretical, I think it did it did have a different score, but in the Snyder Cut, um, the score felt like really like more epic, especially with like the battle scenes, you could really feel the power of um, Junkie XL's score. And it shows that like music is like, music and like just film scores are like really powerful because it can just like, change the mood of the scene or just make a scene like stronger and use like so much more emotion than like before mm, definitely yeah yeah and speaking of junk excel here's another question by dane he asks you guys what is the best music moment in the movie i gotta say hmm, a lot of good scenes i gotta say when um during the the climax battle when uh flash um i think he like does the reverse um time thing mm-hmm. that was a really good 
um, empowering scene with the score, I felt. Yeah, yeah, same here. And really, I love it how Flash was the one who gets to save the day, really, because they he's really mm-hmm. gone a long way after being just comic relief in the theatrical cut. They really did him justice as well. They did everyone justice in this movie, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, also, another scene I want to talk about, like, what was your guys' reaction when you found out about the Martian Manhunter? I was like, oh, that was, like, pretty cool. And I didn't really expect that. Plus, I was, I kind of knew he was um, going to be in the movie, but, like, the first appearance, like, that was a pretty good surprise because I didn't expect it like that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah, same here. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I didn't expect that he would disguise himself as Martha and mm-hmm. talk to Lois. I did not expect that at all. But that was interesting, though. That was interesting. It might have been out of left field because, you know, we, that's the first time you see Martian Manhunter on screen. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that was that was a neat that was a neat um surprise. That's like cool scene, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. No, he. I was thinking, yeah, you know, because he definitely joined the league. Because the league, the founding members of the league are seven, not six, right? Yeah. Yeah. Low some versions as a Green Lantern, if I'm correct. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I did like how they they showed the Green Lantern a little bit during mm-hmm. the um the flashback scene. That's right. Or yeah. like. It wasn't, I forgot which Green Lantern it was. It wasn't Hal Jordan, though. It was, um, I forgot that Green Lantern, because there's different versions, but it was kind of cool how they showed that. That's right, yeah. Like, who was the Green Lantern uh, before uh, Hal Jordan? Was it uh, Guy Stewart, if I'm correct? I think so. Not uh, no, it was Abin Sur. Abin Sur was the one that gave the ring to Lant, uh, Hal Jordan. Oh. oh, okay. Right, Let's see. But there are other Green Lanterns. There's Guy Gardner. There's John Stewart. Kyle Kyle Rayner, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that scene really, it you know, it potentially like left the door open for a potentially you know Green Lantern film because after mm-hmm. Darkseid killed that Green Lantern, the ring disappeared. Went on to find yeah. a new master, a new bearer. Yeah. Sadly, this is not canon. So. Well. <sighs> Let's not forget the other thing. Like we, we, the fans, we will this film into existence, and history yeah. is written by the winners, us. So, yeah, the theatrical version is dead. Long live the Snyder Cut. Long live the Snyder Cut. Yeah. And oh, and John, I want to ask you, like, what did you think of Dark Side's first cinematic debut? I really liked it. I thought it was like an epic because um, I don't remember like I kind of want to compare to the the theoretical one, but like I can't really. I don't know the other theoretical one. I kind of just like um, zoned that out of my mind because it was that bad. But um, and plus, I don't really want to rewatch it again. But I did love his first appearance in this. I thought it was a pretty good introduction to him in this film yeah yeah me too like he he's only in the film for just four scenes but he really mm-hmm. steals the show in all those scenes 
Definitely. He, and the special effects used to make him are just so epic. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Very really, epic. It really looks, it's really the Thanos of the DCEU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Darkseid has a great, um, yeah, he's a great character. Um, mm-hmm. You were saying that, you were talking about Darkseid, Nick? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I loved his his appearance in the film. Uh, they had to, they did change it up a little bit from the usual look, but I guess to make it more menacing. But yeah, it was great. Um, great performance, great CGI, and motion capture that they used to to, to show him. Mm-hmm. And Ray Porter did a good job with the voice. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Just and really. He really like kept me up going for what's going to happen next for the DCEU, or in this case, the Snyderverse. Assuming Warner Brothers will finally talk talk some sense into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully they might not though. They might they might not continue the Snyderverse. I think Zack Snyder said he he moved on. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah, it would be cool if they did continue it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think apparently the... Because you guys know of the Flash movie, right? Yeah. Because they're going to incorporate, like, time travel. I think they're going to use that film to, like, erase, like, the Snyder, like, verse or something like that. So they're going to kind of, like, restart with that movie. But with the Snyder verse, I feel like that definitely had a better potential because... Like you're saying, Nick, like there's like more open sequels for like um a green I think there was like a Green Lantern movie that was mm-hmm. right. being planned and then there's just like two and three. That's right, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of a little bit unfortunate, which sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Well Well, Emmanuel, John, much like we did with the Snyder cut, ready the hashtags, we will do these the old ways. Yep, restore the Snyderverse. Yes, and and another what I love about the another thing I really appreciate about the Snyder Cut is that they what the theatrical version after all the build up to uh, from Batman v Superman and Man of Steel the theatrical one went whoops never mind like they forgot to mention how Bruce that Bruce did. Like, Bruce didn't recognize who Barry Allen was in the theatrical cut after appearing to him in a vision. I'm glad they fixed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That was just a different um, director vision, director choice, because Joss Whedon didn't pay attention to that. Yeah. He just wanted to do the reshoots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. but at least with Snyder, he, he, Snyder, for better or for worse, Snyder has a very unique vision and he stay. He goes true to that vision. He goes true to what his plan is for the films. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, it's consistent. So, Definitely consistent. yeah, that's good. Epic superhero movies with um, amazing, uh, really good action sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, Snyder is really good for like um, his like his previous films. You can kind of see it in the yeah. Snyder cut. Which is another really cool thing I love about this movie is not just like the story and the character motivations, but I feel like there's some really awesome like visual effects and action sequences, which it should because it, it is a comic book movie. 
That's right. Yeah. 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 No, more, more than that. Yeah. Like, we are, like, yes, there is CGI in the Snyder Cut, but unlike mm -hmm. Whedon's version, which they put CGI front and center in the Snyder Cut, they use just, just, a, just a little bit. It doesn't, like, you know, take you out of the experience completely. I feel he really succeeded in that really well. Yeah. Yeah, the CGI was used to an extent. It wasn't overbearing or completely un for the audience, for completely overwhelming for the audience. Um, the Snyder Cut was was very much more focused on character and drama yeah. in the scenes. Mm -hmm. And the CGI came secondary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. yeah. And, and when the CGI showed up, it was at a time when it was right for the audience to see it. Like it was right for the story to go there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. And and also, like I really, like I mentioned, I enjoy the even the non-action scenes. I really enjoy those tiny moments, like like the scenes with Bruce and Alfred and Diana together. And kudos to Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot. They really have good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gal Gadot and Brit and Ben Affleck. Mm -hmm, yeah, yeah, they do. And I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that they kept some of the scenes that were cut from the theatrical version or that weren't really fleshed out, and they put it in the Snyder cut. Yeah, and yeah, it was just really well. It was well done. Um, yeah, their their dynamic was really one of the the nice points of the movie. It's almost the heart of the movie mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I also feel that if the Snyder Cut was released instead of the theatrical cut, I think people would agree that Zack Snyder did a great job of, you know, introducing the entire Justice League before the others got even got a chance at their solo movies. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Really good introductions, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you felt like you felt that Snyder gave a good introduction to the to league. Yeah, yeah. Before oh. before they got their solo appearances at Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg. Yeah, he did. With this cut, he did. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's almost kind of like yeah, you can like almost like watch this one even like well maybe like Batman vs Superman, but you can kind of like watch this one like kind of like blind a little bit to like what happened before because it kind of gives you like kind of gives you like um what is it uh it kind of reshows like what happened in batman v superman mm -hmm. so almost like any blind like that and or um movie viewer can come watch this and feel satisfied after i feel definitely yeah 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 you feel like you can come in cold because this film is introducing all these characters and all you need to know, all you need to watch before this is probably BBS. Yeah. And maybe Man of Steel. Mm -hmm. And other than that, I don't think you need to have seen Wonder Woman or... Yep. You can kind of go in kind of cold to... Because this film is mainly about the new characters. Or, it's, mm -hmm. or it has them as front and center, so... Yeah. Yeah. And this one, it worked, I feel like this movie, it works as a really good, like... Maybe like 20 years more, or more years down the line, this whole, like, work really well as, like, a really good, like, cult superhero movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it will. I think it will have cult status. Definitely, yeah. Like, kind of like with 
Snyder's films, uh, Man, his DC films like Man of Steel, Watchmen, or even BVS, like mm-hmm. they didn't get, they were far from critically acclaimed, but as time passed, yeah. they really got the appreciation they deserved. Like, to your point, John, I feel that Snyder's DC films, they just, they, they didn't sit well with fans because, you know, after The Dark Knight, it was a very right. t- tough act to follow after creating Definitely, something so great. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you create something that is so great that, or near perfect that everybody loves it, it can be really hard to, you know, improve upon that. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah, plus, like, um, Snyder's, like, vision is super different from, uh, like, Nolan's vision. Like, Nolan had the really, like, realistic vision, and this is more of, like, a more, like, comic book base. Mm-hmm. But, like, but, like, you were saying, like, like the Nolan like trilogy that was like amazing of course but I wouldn't like to see that that version like remade every single time like I would like to see like different versions of like um Batman and stuff I don't want to always see like the same type of like Nolan Batman every time but yeah it is hard it is a tough um thing to follow after coming out with the um Nolan trilogy Mm-hmm, yeah, and then watching the Snyder Cut really gave me a newfound appreciation for his work and for mm-hmm. just superhero films in general, the DC especially, because usually, like, as Ben said, like, some superhero films tend to, f- especially the Marvel ones, tend to follow, like, a predictable formula but i feel yeah. like snyder's films they add something new and i'm a huge fan of novelty like even if a, if a film isn't perfect i'm willing to forgive it if it tries to do something new and i think snyder succeeded that to perfection with his dc films definitely yes yeah i have to agree snyder has a very specific um, style and it can be an acquired taste, but oh yeah, definitely. at least he has his own style, and mm-hmm. and you know he, his there was a quote he said where um, he explained why they used the dark tone or the serious tone because they wanted to be separate from because Mar- Marvel has a very humorous, mm-hmm. uplifting, optimistic yeah. tone, and so for better or for worse, Snyder did have a plan. He did have that style for a reason. Mm-hmm. We can debate or argue about why he did that, but at least he had a reason to doing that. Great, yeah, definitely, yeah. Like, really love how he managed to stay true to to himself, to his style, to his filmmaker mm-hmm. status, and it really warms my heart that he did all this for his daughter. Rest, rest in peace, right. Autumn. Mm-hmm. For Autumn. Yeah, I love like, the thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, love the thing at the end. I love the thing at the end where he said, for autumn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something personally I want to say about that, because usually when a film finishes, sometimes I tend to skip the, cre- like, the cre- credits are rolling, moving on. But no, for the Snyder Cut, I, I stayed until the whole credits rolled, you know, just out of respect for Snyder and, and his daughter for yeah. what we did. Yeah. And, like, yeah, it's kind of... The journey of this like movie was super interesting too, because it's it's super tragic what happened. Like, um, I remember when I first heard news about a Justice League movie coming out. I think that was like early as two thousand and eight, two thousand and seven. I was really excited 
And then when the um, 2017 version came out, I was like really disappointed in um, that cut that they had released. Mm. But now that the Snyder cut is out and um, his, uh, fine, um, Zach was able to finally complete his vision, it's kind of like, it's very heartwarming, good feeling like after all like these years mm. and like the tragedy, he was able to finally complete his vision and like fans are now um, satisfied um the new cut so it's definitely been like an amazing like journey definitely has been. Mm-hmm, yeah and uh, you mentioned another question that dane wanted to ask out of curiosity if you could tell snyder one thing about this cut what would it be uh for questions you mean like 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 a like a critical like, question or just like um just like a question about like the movie Mm, bit of both whenever you feel like it bit of both okay um questions about the movie I don't really have any like uh questions about the movie but um I only have good things to say about it honestly um but yeah I'm Zack Snyder just be like really good job um oh um I this is kind of a hot take but I definitely think um this version of the Justice League is like way better than the first Avengers movie. So yeah, that's my comment. For the yeah. mm, I think. Oh, wow. I think yeah. that makes sense now with Joss Whedon's popularity now falling faster than the Flash ever did. <laughs> I think yeah, mm, probably yeah yeah, and I think in time the Snyder Cut will go on to be just one of the best superhero films of all time. Well, not the best, but definitely ranking up there, I'd say. Yeah. Um, how about you, Emmanuel? Uh, just in general, like, uh, the, the, just asking in general about the movie? Mm, yeah. What were you hoping to, to showcase, or what was the theme, or what were you trying to, you know, express with this film in terms of, the themes and uh, and also the message like behind it mm, very good question yeah but <laughs> my best guess would be that the whole theme of this film the Snyder Cut would be redemption you know how you can see it with Batman, who wants to. You can, you can see now how he want how his faith in humanity has been restored, and he wants to do better now. Mm-hmm. And the same with Steppenwolf, especially especially Steppenwolf, how he wants to redeem himself in the eyes of Darkseid and all of Apocalypse, for that matter. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy how you say that too, Nick, because like this version of the movie was like a redemption itself. Wow. So it's like, like, yeah, that's right. That is a yeah, yeah. pretty good theme yeah and I'd say the same for Superman which reminds me I think this isn't what I think I think the reason why he chose the black suit instead of his classic red and blue suit is that I feel like I think Superman feels that he failed the world before but now he wore mm-hmm. the black suit as a way if you know like to to start all over again a new start yeah mm-hmm it's very like meta like i was just saying like the whole like redemption thing it's like really goes hand in hand how it like relates and stuff Mm -hmm. yes 
and yeah, all of it wouldn't be possible because of us, the fans. Really shows that mm -hmm. not all heroes wear capes and masks. We are the heroes, yes. And mm -hmm. if we can make this movie possible, I suggest we do the same for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, the Trevorrow cut, and just anyone right. else's cut of Game of Thrones Season 8. Mm -hmm. Those are like, yeah, yeah. Those are like two like disappointed disappointments like 2019. I feel like yeah, it'll like those would be like like much harder to restore because with those I don't think they even had like original like cuts and stuff. But like who knows with like fan power and like um, and kickstarters and stuff. I don't know. Like it's amazing um, what the fans could do. Like possibly we could fix those universes, but we'll see. Definitely. Agreed. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. care how many critics or how many Joss Whedon's there are. They've never fought us fans, not us united. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just think, yeah, the fact that, like, um, this movie was for, like, the fans, too. Like, even, like, um, like the new scenes they had to shoot, I'm pretty sure um, the actors weren't even, like, paid, like, the, um, which relates to, like, what did you guys think of, like, the nightmare scene at the end? Oh. Very good yeah, question. Man, I uh, yeah, like I've heard. I don't care what some people say because there were some a bit of nitpicks and complaints on the last twenty minutes, saying that it felt more like a sequel set it up rather than the, the true end of the film. But I didn't. I had no issue with it. I felt it worked yeah. really good. I love how Snyder got a chance to explore the world, the dark future yeah. in BVS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you said. Oh, sorry, you can go ahead. It's just a shame we're not going to see the culmination of that. You know, but it was just a great setup, though. Yeah. That's actually what I was going to say, too. Like, um, it sucks because, like, the potential, like, of that scene. And the fact that they only shot, I think they only shot it in his backyard or something, I think. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I heard about the nightmare scene. Did you guys hear about that? Apparently, they shot the the nightmare scene in like Zach's backyard or something so I was like huh that's really interesting and then the actors weren't paid for it or something mm, I yeah know. it was a new uh, I think he added a joker into it later but yeah it was he shot it someplace that wasn't on a, I know it wasn't on set it was like on a it might have been his backyard or somewhere else oh, okay. but yeah that's cool though mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's impressive yeah, um, yeah. I just love that scene too because it really like um It really like emphasizes the relationship between like Batman and the Joker. Like you can tell them how much they hate each other. Mm -hmm. But I think also for some context, I think during the nightmare scene, like uh, I think the Joker and Batman were working together or something like that. But um, you could tell they still like hated each other. Like, oh yes. That that one line, like um, you sent a boy wonder to do like a man's job. Like Ooh. when he like said that, I was like, oh man. Like you kind of know like. What he's talking about. Yeah, oh. Batman was telling him, don't push it. Don't yeah. push it. Dick don't move, Joker. It. Dick move. Yeah. And he was like, careful what you say. That's and then, right. Yeah. And but I think that was like one of like the, from the Snyderverse, that was like probably like one of the best moments ever because it was like, like, yeah. Yeah, and really, it, this is also the first time we've seen Ben Affleck's Batman and Jared Leto's Joker interact really mm -hmm. and that reminds me yeah Jared Leto he really improved in his Joker mm -hmm. performance it gave me vibes to um, his last villain performance as uh, you know um, Neander Wallace in Blade Runner 2049 
Street, right? That was him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I agree. Like, um, this Joker was way better than the the like gangster Suicide Squad Joker. Like, this Joker was actually like it's actually a bit like terrifying. Like, you can like just even like the look with like the longer hair and the smeared makeup. It was like mm-hmm. a new like level of like psychotic looking like Joker. Like, it definitely held up to its standards than the um the Suicide Squad one that we all um don't want to like remember <laughs> this betrayal was like really like good i was like wow yeah definitely too and and i was shocked like i i never have heard batman cuss before in my life just mm-hmm. uh, and make yeah. no mistake i will fucking kill you <laughs> yeah wow. this batman's brutal like he is not playing anymore wow mm-hmm. yeah and the whole nightmare sequence, it gave me vibes to, uh, you know, um, are you guys familiar with the, the Injustice comics or the Injustice series? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, I, I, know, I, know, I know about them. I haven't read them, but I know about them. Mm-hmm. I know about them, yeah. Definitely. Like, fighting against an evil Superman, like, just really... I think this is what the whole verse, what could have been anyway, was setting up for mm-hmm. an Injustice storyline. And I, I would have loved the whole, like, movie just set during like um that apocalypse like nightmare like mm. era like i would love to like see that as like like a whole movie like an apocalyptic like, um justice league movie because it just looks like really interesting too it almost got like um like you guys have seen like mad max fury road it kind of gave, gave me like yeah. mad max vibes but with like the justice league even like the the tone and like the cgi and also like fun fact the um the director who did um Mad Max Fury Road. He was actually originally supposed to do the. Um, um, he was originally supposed to direct like a Justice League movie in um, mm-hmm. 2007. But yeah, that's like another story though. We'll save that for another episode. But it's kind of cool. And yeah, he was. He was. Uh, it, it, the writer strike happened in 2008, mm-hmm. so they weren't able to, to finish it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he, he already cast like a lot of people in the roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was really looking forward to it, but it never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, yeah. And that that reminds me now. Also, another question Dane had that Zack Snyder or no Zack Snyder, will there be a sequel? I don't think so. I don't think there'll be a, not not in the case of Snyder's verse mm-hmm. or Snyder's vision. I don't think there'll be another sequel to, mm-hmm. to that one. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. They could change their minds because of they could. how well received this Snyder Cut is. But mm-hmm. I think one one of brothers guys said that an executive or somebody one of us said that the Snyderverse is behind them. So yeah, yeah, I don't think they're gonna do it. Well, if there's one word of advice we can say to Zack Snyder right now. Go solo from now on. Leave Warner Brothers. You're 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 too good yeah, for them. You're too good for them. Yeah. And yeah, if they um like you're saying like um they probably they're um it'll probably take a, like a while for another Justice League movie to come out, but I would uh, like rather them like make like just really good like individual like movies like I feel like this Justice League movie kind of even though it kind of does set up like that sequel with the Nightmare thing, I feel like it really just works as a a really good like one off mm-hmm. like movie sort of thing like oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It it just shows 
Snyder was great at world building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what that's what's so amazing with that's kind of what you have to do with these films, with these superhero films. You have to do a lot of world building. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shame that Snyder never got a chance to to uh, to follow through on it. And then you look at Marvel, and they they've done that. They Marvel has been able to see it through. Mm-hmm. So it's just a shame that Snyder wasn't able. To. Yeah. Because I feel like too with like um, some like like um like with universes and stuff. I feel like when they make like movies. They kind of just like make like pieces of a puzzle sort of thing and they flesh out all these like movies but i feel like with like the snyder cut it is a piece of a puzzle like a puzzle that like can't be finished or can be finished but i feel like with this it works as a really good like piece of puzzle that can work on like a good story on its own oh definitely yeah yeah agreed and i do i do like how they like you said nick you said they were inspired by Injustice. That's right. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, re- I really like playing the video game Injustice Gods Among Us, mm-hmm. but I had an evil Superman, so mm-hmm. yeah. that's pretty cool that they took inspiration from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Injustice, Injustice was that's probably the darkest DC storyline I've ever seen or read, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just... but if they do make a Justice League sequel, um, I feel like it's gotta be like in the nightmare like timeline. Like just a movie about that, that'd be a really good one. Yeah, yeah. It, it could also follow like a bit of a, a Mac, Macbeth storyline, you know, how from Superman's mm-hmm. fall from grace, how from, from hero to yep. villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like we all, like Zack Snyder, like, yes, he, like he really doesn't deserve any of the hate he gets from others. Like, like all superhero films don't have to follow a single arc or you know formula Zack Snyder he really did a great job of you know deconstructing the whole superhero genre kind of like with Watchmen mm-hmm. yeah I feel like um, even though I'm not really a big fan of deconstruction I feel like Snyder he likes doing that And but with Justice League he, he wasn't doing that he, he was reconstructing because he did the deconstruction in BBS and that's why a lot of people didn't like it, but at least with Justice League, he was trying to reconstruct it, uh, to reconstruct, reconstruct the why of why these superheroes are, exist and why they have to be brought together, mm-hmm. and to bring and to and to showcase that hope and optimism behind superheroes and things like that. And he succeeded that to perfection. Yeah, and more on Snyder. Like we all know his trademark of slow motion like some people find it annoying or you know a bit obligatory but in the Snyder cut I felt like the slow motion and helped to add to the story I'd say like yeah I would have liked a little less slow motion but <laughs> that's mm-hmm. his that's his that's his style though that's his style mm-hmm. so I'm not entirely surprised that uh, he did that I did like the Wonder Woman scene when she was beating out all the, all the terrorists and she was mm-hmm. doing it so fast. That's yeah. pretty awesome. That was, that's where it made sense because one woman moves so fast. Mm-hmm. So it made sense that she did that. They, they made her look, move fast and then when she was deflecting the bullets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And one line of dialogue 
that I appreciate from that they kept in both the, from the theatrical cut was the what are your superpowers again? And that Bruce says, I'm rich. That was yeah. well, like, yeah, like, see, like Batman. Yeah, Batman, he, he's not like he, he's not Shazam or Iron Man by any means. He he does have humor, but it's more, you know, it's more like sarcastic and it's more like here and there, not all the time. I feel like yeah. like Snyder, he really respects Batman as a character, I'd say. He really mm -hmm. loves Batman and it shows. Yeah. Oh, and just a, another thing to add, like um, before the Snyder cut, like, I wasn't really a fan of Batfleck. In fact, I kind of like hated Batfleck. Whoa! But like Whoa. after watching like um, the Snyder cut, like I have a newfound appreciation for Batfleck. And you can kind of it kind of just goes to show like how important like directors like visions are, and like just like how much like a studio can really mess up like a character. Like his like um, his version of like Batman like in the Snyder cut is like way better than the theoretical one and. Yeah, it's kind of just like, it's a newfound appreciation for, for Batflick, which mm -hmm. I feel like this movie definitely shows. It does, yeah. Mm, really, and love how Snyder also captures, mentioned like Batman's, how Batman is, he may not have any superpowers, that's true, but he's also a really a gifted strategist and tactician, and the Snyder kind really mm -hmm. captured that, yeah. In fact, in fact, one line from The Flash in before the final battle when he said, we finally have a plan. I feel that's like taking some shots at Whedon. That's really yeah. well done. Like, yeah. Wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. well yeah, it, it might be. It might be right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Very, very meta at the same time as well. Mm -hmm. And I just love, um, like, Batflex's character arc in... Um, this one, especially at the final scene where, um, well, first, like, his character motivations, like, um, as you're talking about, like, he, like, lost faith in humanity after, like, losing parents, and then he, like, um, lost other loved ones, like, Robin and mm -hmm. stuff. But it's kind of cool how, like, I think there's, like, a line where he's, like, in this one, he says, I brought you all together for, like, a reason. Stuart is a really good leader. And then I love at the end where, um, I think it was Marsh Manhunter that said, um, your parents would have would have been like proud of you like bruce and he's like i hope so hell yeah so he, he had like would. a really good character arc in this one. Oh yeah hell yeah he would and but i'm gonna talk about a bit more about that post credit scene like you know the scene where lex luthor talks to deathstroke like i feel that would that was gonna be the setup to you know the mm -hmm. batman with ben affleck gonna be returning right theoretical one i think they ch they had that same scene with lex luther but they changed the lines so it wasn't about batman it was about i think superman or something but yeah no, it was not injustice league like joss Whedon we shot it and yeah. they're trying to set up injustice league or legion of doom oh okay but um but apparently it's not his version was vision was to set up the batman mm. oh right right and yeah that makes sense because it was supposed to be like the death yeah, the death stroke and yeah. 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 I don't really remember anything from the twenty seventeen kind of just Yeah. <laughs> we highly encourage it. <laughs> we highly encourage it. Yeah, but well, e e but either way, regardless if whether Ben Affleck's returning or not, it does not, and I think I can say the same for everyone here, it does not lessen our excitement for the upcoming The Batman with Robert Pattinson in the role. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, the, yeah that is going to be a different movie from, like, the um, Snyder Cut, but I, I rather prefer we get, like, something different than, like, 
Oh, we've gotten before, but I heard like yeah, Affleck might return for the Flash movie, but um, we'll see because DC is apparently doing like two universes at once. So there's like <laughs> movies like uh, one-off movies like The Joker, and then like um, the new The Batman coming out. But then there's also like um, the other like universe that they have going on with like the new Suicide Squad. But <laughs> we'll we'll see. It's like a it's a confusing um universe but yeah it's very confusing well then again it's the dc extended universe universe yeah yeah and um one more question that dane has uh for you who has the single best performance in the movie i really like uh cyborg's performance they really fleshed out his character i gotta say cyborg and even like the flash had some some really good scenes too like um at the end where it was like kind of up to him that was some pretty good scenes mm-hmm. yeah yeah same here like cyborg i think was probably personally to me the biggest improvement in the Snyder Cut they really fleshed out his character like he's just he's just a kid like someone young who is trying to find out what is what he wants to do with these gifts with this new life basically it's really it's like it's such a tragic like he has such just a tragic story arc too Mm -hmm. yeah they didn't I don't even remember from like I think the 2017 cut they kind of just like used him here and there but in this he was almost kind of like the heart of the story exactly like, yeah, yeah. And I loved how they showed all the flashbacks with his family and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like really like super like tragic and stuff, but like um, it made like a really good character arc for the cyborg. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. And another thing, I really speaking of cyborg, I really love how they cut out the last scene in the theatrical one where cyborg yells out his catchphrase, you know, booyah, because I felt it would be like. Yeah, it's part of the character but in the comics, but to me, just saying it would feel very, you know, out of place. You know, how yeah, he, he just lost his dad and his mom, mm-hmm. and he, had, he nearly died almost, so it would really not fit in with what just happened and mm-hmm. kill the mood. Yeah, they, 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 Ray Fisher didn't want to say that line, and well, so if Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon put it in, and mm-hmm. so it just didn't fit with the the tone and the and the scene. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's just Cyborg only says that when things are good, going good, or things are in top shape. He doesn't say that just to say it, or mm-hmm. you know, it just it has to be the right moment. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think during this movie too, he was going through a lot of like um, really like um, he was going through a lot of like emotional like times during like this like time frame of the movie so like as you're saying like yeah it wouldn't really fit mm-hmm. yeah definitely no it would no it would not and to quote our good friend ben goodman joss whedon should be in prison <laughs> <laughs> really should honestly wow because yeah. like yeah i'd rate like the first one like a zero honestly Whoa. like the 2017 one but i'd give this one like, a, like an 8.5 or 9 on a 10. Ooh, nice. So that's like completely like big jump. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> nice reading, man. How about you, Manuel? What would be your final verdict of the Snyder Cut from 1 to 10? 1 to 10, I would give it a uh, 7. Mm. 6 or 7. 6 or 7. 
That's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. And again, we all can agree on everything, can't we? Well, ooh, this is gonna be. I decided to award the Snyder Cut a ten out of ten because, <laughs> like, looking rewatching yeah. it last night, I felt yeah really Snyder. I found nothing wrong with this film. Like yes, even it, if it was long, nothing felt like too. Nothing felt rushed. Nothing felt like it was slowing down. It was really good, really perfectly paced. Like. Zack Snyder's Justice League is not a movie. It's an experience, and a really damn good experience at that. Definitely, yes. Yeah, yeah it is an experience. It's, it's something that people can enjoy and, and experience all the time. It, yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a good film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, Emmanuel, since you have been very very strong opinions about Zack Snyder in the past. Would you say that this film has restored your faith in Zack Snyder's filmography and what he has next for the future? Yeah, this movie shows that he had a very coherent vision and coherent plan. And it, I don't question, I never question his, well, he was, in this case, he's good as a storyteller. I feel like in other films, he's great with the visuals. But here, there was a good story. And so that, ref- that refreshed, that ignited some faith in him and some faith I have in him as a storyteller. It's great to hear, man. Yes. Yeah. Faith restored, Emmanuel. Just like with Batman, mm-hmm. inspired by Superman's sacrifice. Yes. And yeah. what are your guys' you know, favorite scenes from the Snyder Cut? This is a hard question, by the way, because there are so many of them. So mm-hmm. let's start with you, Emmanuel, this time. Favorite scene is when, um, yeah, the, when they defeat Steppenwolf for, for, for the final time. After Alan, after Barry has reversed time, mm-hmm. they open up the boom tube, and Steppenwolf has lost, and then Wonder Woman comes out and, cro- and cuts his head off. And then mm-hmm. he goes at the feet of Darkseid. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you see Darkseid and all his minions yeah. on Apocalypse. Right. So that would be my that would have to be my favorite scene. Mm, yeah, and, and good points too when when Darkseid f- and the Justice League finally meet face to face. Just as that stare down, it really shows that yeah, Darkseid is gonna be a pain in the ass in years to come for them. Yeah, yeah, and and best boss of the year, Darkseid is not because he just steps on Steppenwolf's head. That's just disrespectful, man. Mm-hmm. I love how they just like look at each other too when that portal opens. Like that's a really great scene. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it was good choice, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. On on to you, John. Yeah, um, I think I, I really like that scene too. That um, like Emmanuel was saying, like that final scene, especially when um, it's kind of like up to the flash too. Like you can tell, like. He's in a lot of pain and it's like a hard challenge, but he definitely does his job. I thought that was like one of my favorite scenes too. But I just also really love the um, the nightmare scene, which is a really good scene on its own. And like, I know it sets up like um, the sequel and stuff, but um, yeah, I just thought it was a really cool scene because it like really showed the potential of what the um, of what the um, Snyderverse could have been like. And just like that scene with like the Joker too, like just like those are some like really good like lines there. And um, 
Yeah, I also love the scene too where um, um, I think it was Martian Manhunter that tells like Bruce like he's like your parents would have been proud. So kind of like it shows like his character arc and like who Bruce Wayne has become by the end of this mm-hmm. movie. Exactly. Yeah, really nice touch. And also the, the special special mention to the the visual f- Martian Manhunter looks really good in this. Like the special effects mm-hmm. can get really get top marks for this film for sure. Yeah, my uh, for me my favorite scene from the Snyder Cut is one that does not include the Justice League, but rather the scene where Steppenwolf talks to Darkseid. Like mm. we've seen Steppenwolf kick ass in the whole movie but when we find when we finally see him get scared at just watching dark side it really really shows how you know the power of dark side of the lord of apocalypse like the performances were really great here Ray, good points to ray porter for delivering a a good voice i just love that bit the and all of existence shall be mine just the chills the chills wow yeah. And notice also the for whenever the parademons are with Steppenwolf, they are just you know just chilling. But when Darkseid shows up, they all bow down immediately. That shows just how much of a threat Darkseid is as well. Like I just this is what really hyped me for the Snyder Cut, really, because Darkseid is one of my my favorite DC and comic book villains. So watching him finally make his appearance on the big screen was a sight to behold. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Really well done. Oh, to see Darkseid? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. That was... Yeah. I was so excited and happy to see that, because I've never seen Darkseid in a live-action fashion before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They pulled it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did. With all that said and done, for Dark Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just wow, and I believe also that watching the Snyder Gut twice already, lessons can be learned from this. It shows that we all have to, you know, stay true to ourselves, to our strengths. Like how Snyder, he even with in the midst of all studio interference, he never gave up on creating and fulfilling his vision. He really shows a lot of passion in his work, for sure. Definitely, yeah. Uh... Yeah, he does. Did. Oh, and um. Also, special mention for one one more scene, like the scene where Barry saves Iris West, you know, from being mm. crushed by a truck. That's that's a really good use of slow motion at the same time. Though a bit mm-hmm. nitpick, like it was kind of a bit goofy to see a close up of the sesame seed from the hamburger. Like, yeah, uh, was a bit too much, I'd say. Yeah. But then again, yeah, that's not gonna be. Yeah, yeah. It was like a good fun scene that they like added because um yeah that wasn't even I don't remember that wasn't in the theoretical one oh no, either. no. but I kind of like how they added it just to kind of show like um like the Flash's story kind of like what he's like been up to and stuff mm-hmm. I guess it it just really showed like his um the strength of like his power like what he can do so it was a good like introduction to him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and really, yeah, definitely a great establishing character moment. Really tells us a lot about the Flash too. How he like this is he want he really wants to be you know be part of the Central City criminal investigation, but he put that all aside just to save an innocent life. Really tells us a lot about the guy and why we love him too. Yeah, and that's how he is in the comic books. Barry, Barry's a very selfless guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's just, Ezra Miller did a good job with what they gave him. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to The Flash and what he does with The Flash. Yeah. So, we'll see. Definitely, same here. And and there's just this tiny like detail, like I about Steppenwolf too. Like us, first of all, his armor is. I really love the design they use for his armor. It feels like I noticed that the armor's like it it's, it moves like it's alive. Yeah. And really. Yeah, cool. and Steppenwolf has these spiders that come out of him and attacking people's minds and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Well, it was the the, C, the the CGI was really well done mm-hmm. on the suit, on his armor. That's right. Yeah, loved it. Just well done. Just personally, I feel this film, as I mentioned, will go down in history as one of the best superhero and DC films of all time. Will always be remembered. It's a film that you people will keep watching over and over again, and they learn something new and will. I think they'll never get bored from the experience, I say. Agreed, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because when I, um, my first viewing of this, I was um, really impressed, too, because I was like, wow, this is like, um, you can just, like, feel how epic it is, too, and, like, it's such, just, like, such a really good, like, improvement from what we got in 2017. Like, yeah, I feel like people are definitely going to keep watching it, and, like, 30 years like down the line this will like have like really good like cult status and yeah it'll be seen as like it'll be seen as like a superhero like epic like tale like this is the justice league like, oh absolutely you know. yeah Oh, and also fun fact: this is prob this is the longest film i have ever watched in my life too you guys I th- yeah i think um because this is like, yeah, four hours. So this is longer than The Godfather, I think, right? Or is it about... I'm not sure. But yeah, this is definitely a lengthy one. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely. And definitely longer than The Irishman, too. Is it? Oh, that's... Yeah. I, I, I forgot what the runtime of The Irishman is, but... Yeah. And as far as going like, like a superhero movie, like this is probably one of like, the longest superhero movies I've seen. Mm-hmm beating out Endgame by a long shot too yeah yeah, yeah the Godfather is almost three hours oh okay right, right, right. in fact one might say okay, this, um, I might say that this might feel a bit premature to say given the film's recent release but I'd say the Snyder Cut could very well be the equivalent of Endgame, I'd say, given how it's a culmination of an entire story arc that spanned years, all to be just an all involving a stone-faced tyrant slash alien. Mm. And it only took them like a couple of movies to get to that point, or just like just this one movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> and like I was saying like earlier, like hot take, but like I prefer the Snyder Cut over the first Avengers movie. Mm. To be honest, like I think I'd have to share your opinion on that one too. 
Yeah, because, like, um, of course, yeah, of course, there are some, like, MCU movies I like, but when I saw the um, first Avengers in theaters, because like, it was 2012, I think. That's right, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, this is uh, pretty cool and stuff. And, like, I just watched it, haven't thought much about it. But with, like, the Snyder Cut, I feel like, I don't know, I, I would, like, definitely rewatch it and go back. Plus, there's, like, a lot you can, like, talk about, too, with, like, the Snyder. There's a lot to dissect mm-hmm. this movie, so it's, like, I think it's just a far more interesting, like, film than Avengers 2012, which is crazy because they're, they're both, like, those are the first, like, that's, like, um like Avengers, that's the first time they're together, but then... This is like the first time they like Justice League is like together, so yeah. Yeah. And also bonus points for liking the Snyder Cut over the Avengers given how Joss Whedon has pretty much lost his credibility by this point. Yeah. Oh yeah, he directed yeah, he directed um the Avengers too, so <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And I think we can all agree that because after Justice League, the theatrical one was released, it made Warner Brothers, everyone, really reevaluate the future of the DCEU. But now, with the Snyder Cut, as well as with the upcoming The Suicide Squad and the upcoming mm. The Batman film, I think we can all agree that the future of DC Comics movies is looking towards a much, much brighter future. Definitely, yes. And the trailer for the Suicide Squad definitely looks better than the um, 2016 one. So, yeah, I can see, like, an improvement. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And also, I, I think it's high time for DC to have their moment to shine because before Marvel, there was DC. DC was there at the very beginning. And it's, mm. and it's in essence, the very thing that why we all love comic books and superheroes in the first place. Yeah, yeah, like I said, you like superheroes in the first place? Yeah, like it's what started like the whole comic book craze, given how DC started before Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like DC gets crap, gets crap because people are like, DC is too corny or Marvel has more nuance. But no, I mean, DC works for a reason. DC, they have godlike characters mm-hmm. and uh, try to be human and then Marvel, you have human characters that try to God. So yeah, it's true. So I feel like DC needs to stop having. I mean, Spike Lee was saying like DC is corny when he was he he felt it was corny when he was a kid. But oh, I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, I don't feel like DC um, DC does is worse or DC has its own style. I mean, it's been around for seventy years. Has a lot of a lot of devoted fans, including us and. They'll be here long after we're gone. They'll be here for years down the line. Exactly. So yeah, I like the DC heroes. Me personally, I like the DC heroes more, but DC is a, they have great characters in DC. Mm -hmm. Great characters. They do, very true, yeah. Like, it's not all about the competition, but more of just making a movie. Like we mentioned before, again, Uh like DC, it's great when they try to be itself rather than just trying to yep. copy Marvel all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why, like the yeah, the Snyder cut like just like works on its own because it's like um, it's not trying to be like Avengers. Like it's trying to be like its own thing, like with its own style, and that that just makes a really good like individual movie. Because like it's like um, kind of just like with anything else, like why be like with like why make something like why be like a copy of like other things when you can just be like your own like unique movie like that's how much like power it kind of has when you have like your own vision and stuff exactly yeah definitely like wow 
<laughs> we even like even yeah even like with like Nolan's like trilogy too like that was like his vision and then like his specific vision himself too and then Snyder has his own vision so mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of cool as soon as like a director has like a vision it can just make like something good for like its own individual like self very true yeah and and shout out to christopher nolan as well because not only was he an executive producer for the snyder cut but he gave oh, Zack snyder his support he was very supportive mm-hmm. to Zack snyder and inspired him to fulfill his vision in the snyder cut so shout out to mm-hmm. mr nolan as always shout out mr nolan yeah yeah definitely Nolan was no was very very helpful mm-hmm. He was there. I know when they, uh, Nolan and Zack Snyder's wife, they told him not to watch the theatrical version because it would break his heart. Because they, they acted as, a, as support for him. Well. But yeah, Nolan, is, he's always been, Nolan's not a good friend, so. Oh. He's always been there, he's always been there to support him. Mm. What a guy, what a guy. And I think yeah. and I think we can follow his example by telling more people to not watch the theatrical version. That is the kindest yeah. thing we can do to the whole world. We should just like, yeah, like just omit that version from the universe. Like. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, we should. Like ban that one. <laughs> so right. bad it was. Like, like as I was saying too, like the theoretical, I'd give that like a zero. Mm. Or like the Snyder Cut, I'd give that like an 8.5, like nine. So it's like kind of crazy how like much better it like is. Mm, definitely agree. Yeah. Well, um, what else? Oh, and also another actor I'd like to give a shout out to like, like Willem Dafoe. He, I know he really as vocal like. Uh, any film that removes Willem Dafoe, that mm-hmm. is a huge, deserves a huge penalty. Like Dafoe, he is an yeah. Oscar-nominated actor. Cutting him out of this film is should be a crime in of itself. Like yeah. that's one thing I dislike about the theatrical cut. It's just great actors doing nothing. Like they are mm-hmm. wasted here. Yeah. But not in the Snyder cut. Wow, really well done. Just, yeah, uh, I'm glad that he, they were able to put him back in the in the Snyder Cut. Great. And much like, much like John, much like Twin Peaks: The Return, which was a necessary addition, I feel like this is the return to the DCEU. The mm-hmm. Snyder Cut is a film Definitely. that needed to happen, and it came at the exact right time. I say. Exact right time. Definitely. Great ways. Yeah, yeah plus it like it changed everyone's like perspectives too of um the DCEU now. So it came as like a good like lifesaver, especially like during kind of like times of the pandemic. Kind of like it kind of gives like people hope too. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And great way also to start the year of film for twenty twenty one as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. I think it's safe to say that. Oh, um, oh! I almost forgot one thing. <laughs> Much you know that scene in the Avengers where the camera is circling and we first see the first shot of the of the Avengers teaming up. Well, mm-hmm. good kudos to that scene. You know where where they're at Steppenwolf's fortress and the bat. The they, we get a brief shot of all the heroes like Batman and Bat in the Batmobile, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and the Flash all at once. That was. A perfect money shot. Yeah, that was a good shot. Yeah, it was. The cinematography in the film was pretty good. It was, it was. It was pretty good. Yes. And just seeing them, like, all standing beside together, like, it's just so epic. It's like, wow. Yeah. 
definitely, yeah, really, like, yeah, like we mentioned, like, four hours, it's justified, like, payoffs, they always take time, like, when, when I first saw them team up in the theatrical version, I didn't feel that same feeling, you know, of satisfaction I got here in the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They really, like, and this is not just me being too lenient, but I really, I find just nothing wrong with this film. It is, yeah. it's, it's a masterpiece in every world. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, because I, I came into the film with really low expectations just because of, like, what I've seen, like, before. But this is, like, yeah, I, I loved every, like, single moment of it. And as you're saying, Nick, there wasn't really, like, a dull moment. Like, it all flowed really well. And it didn't even feel like four hours. It felt much shorter than that. Like, imagine how if this film was released in theaters. Like, it would blow mm-hmm. everyone's minds out. Yeah, it would have, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I asked this question to Emmanuel, um, but not to you, John, but in terms of the DCEU as a whole, where would you place the Snyder Cut in your official ranking of the DCEU movies? Probably number one, I think. Wow. Same here. Same here, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not including, like, um, like um, other movies like The Joker and, um, like, the Nolan stuff, though, but... Just for like DCEU though, yeah, probably num- number like one. Same here. Same um, here. I, I like this movie better than Man of Steel, and um, of course, like um, Batman v Superman. I, I definitely gonna do a rewatch of that. But I feel like after like watching this, I feel like you can kind of have like a newfound appreciation for Batman v Superman, because like this is like because Batman v Superman was like the the really like dark like movie before this one, but. Like Snyder Cut is something number one favorite DCEU movie, I think. Wow. There's your headline, yeah. everyone. The number one DCEU film. Yes. Love it. It's just, wow. Really, really glad, glad we got to have you here on board, John Emmanuel. Like, you guys are yeah, no a bit of DC Comics. Oh, yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Anytime. Keep kicking ass uh-huh. out there, guys. And that's all the time we have left. Um, do you guys feel, first of all, that we covered all the main points from the Snyder Cut? I think, yeah, I think so. we did so. for a lot of parts, yeah. Really looking forward to what's next for the DCEU. And mm-hmm. also, stay tuned for this is next week. We got another film to review from another cinematic universe by Warner Brothers, Godzilla vs. Kong. Until then, thank you, John, and thank you, Emmanuel, for reviewing the long-awaited Snyder Cut. I'm Nick Manessis, and this has been Sin City with John Swan and Emmanuel Akinola, live for cmru.ca. Bye, guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Have a good night.